Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Skinwalker Ranch making bank. That's correct, Skinwalker Ranch making bank. Now, we don't know exactly how much Skinwalker Ranch has made, but it seems like it's doing pretty good. It has this recent uh, re-up of their, of their television show on the History Channel. They've got the tourism going on. Uh, they seem to be partnering with the state of Utah on that. And then they've got these conferences that they stars can attend uh, where they can give speeches, get photo ops, all sorts of things, and some of those seem to be paying pretty good. In fact, I was on Twitter today, and I follow uh, Stephen Greenstreet, a reporter from New York Post, and he has taken a little bit of a, uh, how should I say, skeptical view of some of this stuff, and, and he's been writing some stuff about different uh, stars, so to speak, and the uh, UFO community, and he did a I guess you'd almost call it an expose on Skinwalker Ranch. And I'd left uh, in the comments uh, asking if anybody knew how much these guys make for showing up at these uh, UFO conventions. And he said, yeah, watch my video. And so thank you to Stephen for replying to me. I did watch his video. He had a link there in his uh, Twitter feed. Uh, absolutely fantastic video. Done, of course, you know, uh, highly professional, it's coming out of the New York Post, and he did some really good research on the ground, literally, and talked about this, and showed uh, just some of the money that's getting made here. Now, I couldn't find how much was being paid by, like, the History Channel. I got some estimates on some of the stuff that we'll take a look at it. But, needless to say, it's it's something to consider. But before I get into all that, I just want to take a look at a couple other articles here. The first one is from Utah.com, written by Brian Higgins, March 17, 2023. It says, what is Skinwalker Ranch and what's really going on there? And then it says, did you know that one of the most uniquely mysterious places in the world is right here in Utah? Rumors of UFOs and extraterrestrial beings have been swirling around this area for years, but despite the stories, no hard evidence has been released to show what's really going on there. In fact, the world may never know. That's kind of been the gripe with a lot of people, is we have all this talk about um, Skinwalker Ranch. Lots and lots of really cool stories, but there seems to be a lack of really credible hard evidence. Now it says, but enough about the big U2 claw, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, uh, but just how did this patch of land in eastern Utah gain worldwide notoriety, and how many of its strange stories are worth believing? The first question is easy to answer, but we'll let you make up your mind on the second one. And then he goes and says, the earliest known inhabitants of this land played a big part in the ominous name. The property belongs on lies on land traditionally inhabited by the Ute tribe. I hope I'm saying that right. But the term skinwalker comes from the Navajo legend and translates to to by means of it goes on all fours. Now, we've talked about the Skinwalker legend before the podcast and kind of gone over the fact that uh, it's some really scary stuff. And it seems like, from what I've been able to find, a lot of Native Americans really don't seem to want to talk about this. Now, whether that's just because they view these uh, stories as their own birthright, something that they don't want to and have uh, no desire to share with non-Native people. I mean, I can totally understand that, considering the fact that they've been, you know, uh, they've had their land taken away. They've suffered a lot of really bad things over the years. So, you know, part of me just says, well, these are their stories. They should have them. And I try not to get too far into it. But you have to admit, this stuff is really strange. Now it goes on, it says, the Navajo culture, in, the, in Navajo culture, skinwalkers are evil witches with the ability to shapeshift into any animal or human. 
The Skinwalker legend is not well understood outside of Navajo culture, but what little is known about it by outsiders is enough to inspire scary stories of all varieties. One such story involves the Ute tribe. The legend goes that during a time of hostility between the Utes and Navajo, members of the Navajo decided to unleash skinwalkers upon their enemies, and those skinwalkers still stalk the land today. We've kind of heard similar things that I've come across in uh, folklore from uh, Comanche people, saying how they they use some of this native, um, I don't know, religious curses or whatever uh, on on enemies and how it sort of had this boomerang effect and seemed to cause a lot of hardship back into the tribes of the people that actually released this, I guess you would call it energy or whatever. Interesting stuff. It says the Shermans, the idea of shape-shifting witches in the present day United Basin might be hard for some to believe, but not for the Sherman family who purchased the ranch in 1994 with the intention of settling down and, re- and relaxing in their new country home. If that sounds like the beginning of a horror movie, it's for a good reason. The Shermans experienced a lot of spooky goings-on during their time at the ranch, most notably was something matching the description of a skinwalker. One night, Terry Sherman heard a noise outside and was startled to see a wolf in his yard. One much larger than he had ever seen. Terry grabbed his gun from inside and shot the wolf several times, but his bullets appeared to do no damage whatsoever. Although the wolf did take off eventually, its tracks disappeared entirely as Terry chased it, as if it had simply vanished into thin air. This is the exact sort of thing that we hear over and over again in these um, Bigfoot cases, where somebody takes a shot at one, it disappears, their track, the tracks disappear. And even in some of these UFO cases, where the things just seem to uh, vanish uh, out of our dimension. It says, could it have been an ancient skinwalker that scared them that night? One thing's for certain, it was far from the only scare that the Shermans got during their time there. During their years at the ranch, they reported seeing various kinds of flashing lights and mysterious objects in the sky, strange circles in their fields, mysterious voices floating overhead, and countless cattle mutilations. Unlike those families in horror movies, the Shermans decided to dump the property before it was too late. They sold the ranch in 1996, just two years after they had bought it. I really can't blame them for that. It says, then it says, Robert Bigelow and NIDSCI NIDS. Uh, who would be stupid enough to buy a haunted ranch? Someone with a lot of money who's into that kind of thing, of course. And it says, and boy, was Robert Bigelow into that kind of thing. Just a year earlier, in 1995, he founded the National Institute for Discovery Science to fund research on UFOs and paranormal. The Sherman's Nightmare Ranch was Bigelow's playground. In 1996, six hundred million year bought Skinwalker Ranch and made it a research hub of NIDSI. Now I have to tell you, you got to watch this video that I posted there at the Buy Me a Coffee site and tweeted uh, from Mr. Greenstreet over at the New York Post. He goes into all this and does a great job of tracking uh, the financial aspect of this. Okay, He says, of course, one of the main points that skeptics will make about Skinwalker is that most of the evidence for paranormal activity on the ranch comes from the Shermans who sold the ranch to a millionaire known for his interest in UFO research. Could they have faked cow mutilations and invented tales of wolfmen to entice Bigelow or another buyer? Then it says, it's an interesting theory. However, the Shermans didn't exactly milk Bigelow for all he was worth. They sold the ranch for around $200,000, which was an average price for a home in that day, and certainly a low one for a 500-acre ranch. Their behavior seems less in line with people trying to turn a profit and more like folks who are trying to get the heck out of Dodge. And that's what it sounds like to me. 
Now, whether they were just leaving because they were afraid or maybe they had financial issues, I don't know, or other opportunities, who knows? But he's correct. It doesn't look like they were trying to make a million dollars off this thing. It looks to me like they just sold it for market value and got out of there. So what did Bigelow and Neds find? Well, if they found any definitive rule-changing evidence of UFOs or alien life, they kept it to themselves. What did they find? What we know of is much as the same as the Shermans. NIDS researchers have shared stories of mysterious creatures with otherworldly eyes that shone through the dark. They also found cattle mutilations, including one that occurred in broad daylight less than an hour after they had seen the cow alive and healthy. This is also noteworthy because there was a, complex, a complete lack of blood surrounding the cow, even though it had been almost completely disemboweled. That's pretty good evidence for something paranormal there because look it says they saw this cow they come back an hour later it's been mutilated it's been disemboweled you would think there'd be blood everywhere but there's no blood around so that is a very strange thing it, it, it would be uh, it would be really good to have this documented with photographic time-stamped evidence. It says, Ned's stories definitely add to the mystery of Skinwalker, but with years of research and millions in funding, you might expect something more. Well, their lack of evidence could serve as evidence itself. On many occasions, their expensive audio and visual equipment failed to capture what several eyewitnesses had clearly seen, from large, mysterious animals to flying orbs in the sky. Ned's disbanded in 2004, but maintained ownership of the property until 2016. When Skinwalker finally did change hands, it was passed off to a group that would experience a lot of the same anomalies and frustrations as NIDS. That talks about Brandon Fugel and the History Channel. Of course, Brandon Fugel is a real estate mogul, I guess you could say. Been in the news a lot lately with this new, you know, I think it's, in the, like I said, in the fourth season now, this History Channel uh, program that's been getting a lot of attention. It says, in 2016, Bigelow sold their ranch to a buyer who wished to remain anonymous for a whopping four years, Brandon Fogel, a Utah real estate mogul, announced in 2020 that he was the mysterious owner and that the History Channel would be recording a reality TV show on the property titled The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Now, I want to go back to this video from Steve Greenstreet again from the New York Post that he does. I'm telling you, we have to watch this video. He goes into great detail and connects the dots between you know, the house being sold uh, to Bigelow, being sold to Fugel, the people that were involved in that decision, how they connect to the Department of Defense. Well, some people, it almost looks to me like it could be almost like a like a tug of war between uh, the DOD or maybe even deep state actors and some of these, some of these uh, new people that were in that department and how they funneled money to research this. Now, Green Street takes a pretty critical view of all this. Uh, I could give them the benefit of the doubt and say, that there is some sort of uh, contest here between these uh, newer guys like Travis Taylor and Stratton, some of the others, and some of the uh, old guys that are buried in that deep state structure. I don't know, but there does seem to be some sort of uh, struggle for power there. Now, whether that's just between people being accountable and not wanting to be accountable, or whether that's between people who are really uh, thirsting to hold on to the power or seek new knowledge, I don't know. But Green Street goes into that. He gives you uh, kind of this uh, straight above board mainline view, where he's questioning how the money was spent, how it was, how the you know the different things were processed, and he does uh, an expert job at dissecting this. Whether or not you want to read, you know, beneath the lines, between the lines, or whatever, that's up to you. It goes on. It says. Um, 
The show portrays Fugel's attempts to bring scientific approaches to the mystery surrounding the ranch, surrounded by a team of experts in a range of scientific disciplines, as well as a guy named Dragon. Fugel seeks answers to the questions that he and countless others have asked over the years. It sounds like a lot of nids. That's because it is. Reality TV just wasn't as popular in 1996. Like so many investigators before them, the current occupants of Skinwalker Ranch have found more questions than answers. Why do electronic equipment? Why, why does electronic equipment seem to malfunction on the ranch? Why have so many occupants reported reported unexplained illnesses? Why does the indescribable feeling of strangeness they feel on the ranch seem to follow them home? Why is there a grown man named Dragon? Did he give himself that nickname, or does he make his friends call him Dragon all the time? The search for Answers continues. Well, the, the dragon character, yeah, he, I don't, I don't know the guy, but just uh, his presence on the show, packing shotgun around and stuff, seems a little over the top to me. But as we'll see, uh, he, he's making bank at these at these UFO conferences. He's doing good for himself. So I can't criticize Dragon for uh, seeming uh, a little bigger than life, let's say, on the TV show because he seems to have really. He seems to have really uh, created a character for himself, let's say. As far as this uh, phenomena of things following people home, uh, Travis Taylor has gone into great detail about this hitchhiker effect, and we've done a podcast on it. He thinks that they are encountering some sort of evil presence there and that it's uh, going home with them and causing havoc in their houses. Uh, if you look at that from a biblical perspective, uh, perspective, uh, they would just say, well, that's either a demonic oppression or possession, perhaps, probably oppression that this demonic force has attached itself to you, and now it's bothering you uh, in your life back home. And that would be one way to look at it. And I think some of the other religions of the world might might look at that way, too. Maybe the Muslims, you know, maybe Islam has something about that. You know, we talked about the jinn. Maybe even in Buddha, I think they have a a thing with evil spirits. So this is not just a Christian thing to think that, well, maybe these guys have encountered evil spirits and these spirits have uh, kind of attached themselves to them. So that's the thought of the hitchhiker effect. Okay. Now we go on, it says, the inhabitants of Skinwalker Ranch may have may have reported slightly different stories over the years, but they have a few things in common that are hard to shake. Most notable is a strong conviction that what they're seeing is the real deal, and it's a conviction shared by many in the area. Since the 1950s, there have been hundreds of other, hundreds of reports of UFOs, unexplained phenomena in the, the United Basin, and just not at Skinwalker. Neighbors of the ranch report seeing various types of bright lights in the sky, often appearing as a shape that looks like a doorway or portal, Others report giant flying objects. Cattle mutilations are common too. Some neighbors have reported seeing cows that appear to have been struck by lightning with no sign of scorched earth to be found. One group shared a story of trying to spot UFOs one night only to return to find that their car had been moved without a trace of tire tracks. Wow, in the desert sand, that would be strange. Perhaps most horrifyingly, however, is the story of a group of History Channel production assistants who have who have to get coffee for Dragon every day. Yeah, that's a little funny, I suppose. So, what's really going on? There are plenty of theories as to what's going on over at Skinwalker Ranch. 
Some of them are pretty out there. Now, it's just some people think they're lying. Some people think it's ET. Some people think it's interdimensional. Some people just think that it's some sort of geophysical process. And then he kind of closes the article up. Well, he did a decent job on the history of Skinwalker Ranch, I think. Touched on the fact that Robert Bigelow bought it, then sold it to this Brandon Fugel. And so that kind of gives you a little bit of the background. Now, before I get to the New York Post video, I just want to take a look at this article right here from Newsweek. And it's talking about this upcoming uh, series that's coming up think, for the fourth season. And this, I, When I checked, I think this said this thing was the number eight, uh, the number eight uh, television program on the History Channel. And I know people just watch this thing religiously. Now, this comes from Newsweek.com. It says, Skinwalker Ranch, the UFO hotspot in Utah that has men obsessed. It's written by, uh, I'm trying to see the, yeah, written by Hannah Osborne, April 28, 2022. So this is from last year. It says, Skinwalker Ranch is a 512-acre property tucked away in the northeast corner of Utah that apparently UFOs and the men studying them just can't get enough of. In the 1960s and 70s, there was a UF, flurry of UFO sightings in the United Basin. And it goes on, it says, Skinwalker Ranch is the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot on the planet with the highest frequency of documented UFO sightings, bizarre cattle mutilations, electromagnetic anomalies, and unexplained phenomena. Brandon Fugel, who bought the ranch in 2016, told Newsweek. Now, this is an issue because Green Street... Uh, had a, he did he interviewed Fugel and then he he points out in the in the video that he did that he actually tried to contact him and it's like okay give me the data on this stuff because you know he's looking for data that could be peer reviewed possibly Fugel's not having any of that what he got back basically was um, just some stories. You know, it's just some incidental stuff, anecdotal stuff, I guess I would call it. Talking about cattle mutilations and UFO sightings and equipment not working. But he didn't get, what he didn't get was, we went out at this time of the night, and we observed from this time to this time, and we saw this, this, and this. So the basics, you know, your your your, your person, place, time, you know, this, where they could really measure stuff at. Now, they have recorded a lot of cool stuff there, but as far as... Using the scientific method, I'm not so sure about that. The entertainment method, maybe. Now, they do have some really high-quality people out there. Travis Taylor has two PhDs. He's a really smart guy. I mean, he's a literal rocket science. But <clears throat> if he's not doing scientific work that, you know, that meets the scientific standard, then that's okay. But he's making some great entertainment, and he is uh, making some um, observational uh, assessments and, and stuff like that, which is helpful. But it's not something you can really go back and write a dissertation about. And I think that's what Green State was getting about. Now, the article says that Fugel, a real estate tycoon, initially bought the property through a shell company wanting to keep his identity secret. Quote, I acquired the property from billionaire Robert Bigelow for the purpose of conducting scientific research to determine if there was any validity to the extraordinary claims of paranormal activity, he said. Now, I have to say that Green Street points out in the video again that this thing was incorporated not as a scientific research company, but as an entertainment company. So, 
it's almost like we have to be honest here. I love that show, Skinwalker Ranch, and I enjoy reading about it. And I think there probably is some weird stuff going on out there. But I think we can use the term scientific a little bit too loosely. And I don't think scientific is going to make you that much money on the History Channel. But I think entertainment and that involves around UFOs and the paranormal can make you a lot of money on the History Channel. Now it says, skeptics of Skinwalker Ranch are many. One of the most prominent, Robert Schaefer, previously pointed out that the claims of paranormal activity began ju just after the family that owned the ranch was preparing to sell it to Bigelow. The founder of the National Institute for Discovery Science, a privately financed research organization, Bigelow had bought it to investigate UFO sightings at the ranch through NIDS, but after a decade of observations, the, the team gave up the ghost. Yeah, I don't know. I think, he, I think Bigelow had his run with it. He's a rich guy. He, it, you know, it could have been like a toy to him. He spent 10 years out there messing around with it, and he sold it. And I don't believe these people just uh, ramped up the paranormal stuff to sell the ranch. I don't know. I can't prove one way, you know, I, I can't prove it one way, either one way or the other. But there was a lot of this kind of stuff going on out there. And so I suspect that it was a big 500-acre ranch, and $200,000 was just not a lot of money to this guy. And, and given some of the stuff that he'd heard about, uh, this interested him. And, you know, 200 grand at Robert Bigelow is probably like, you know, like 100 bucks to your eye. Maybe like a buck. Who knows? So I, I don't want to get too far into that. Now, it goes on. It says, the Department of Defense established the UAPTF to improve its understanding of and gain insight into the nature and origins of UAP. Said the mission of the task force is to detect, analyze, and catalog UAPs that could potentially pose a threat to U.S. national security. So... That's what it's supposed to do, but Green Street gets into this, and what it kind of looks like, and I can I can kind of believe this, is that this whole uh, bit about ATIP and all these guys wanting to wanting to investigate the goings on at Skinwalker Ranch, you know, what they did the twenty-two million dollar grant that Harry Reid was behind that 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 got these guys on the ground out there investigating stuff. A lot of this, it seems, and he puts out there was just basically you had some people in the defense department that were really interested in UFOs and the paranormal and this was a way for them to fund their hobby and you know I can kind of see that okay it's either that or it's this top secret deep state thing that nobody wants us to know about and it almost looks like yeah maybe that deep state interest is there in UFOs pretty clearly it is but it seems like the people that were really behind this whole you know the Louis Elizondos and, and these guys that were behind this UFO research, the Come Lately's, seem to be a different set of guys than the ones that have been there since, say, World War II, that were covering this stuff up for decades. And it's almost like these guys kind of found a new little niche that they could investigate, kind of this paranormal stuff. And Skinwalker Ranch was ground zero because Robert Bigelow was there. Robert Bigelow was connected to the DOD already. Uh, a really wealthy guy, he had a friend in Harry Reid. So it was a way for, from what I can see, is some of these latecomers in the DOD, whether it's Louie or whether it's uh, Travis Taylor, all these guys, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but it was just a way that they, as government employees, uh, doing their investigations into this you know, high strangeness, they could do that at uh, Skinwalker without stepping on the toes of some of these senior employees that maybe didn't really want them around. And you kind of saw that when this whole ATIP thing came out and Elizondo says, hey, I used to head this department and the DOD said, 
no, you didn't, we don't know who you are, and kind of gave him the, the cold shoulder, almost like the Mean Girls treatment. And Elizondo filed a complaint, and there's been this back and forth. And some people said, well, Elizondo, you know, he was employed there, but this department consisted of nothing more than him. Uh, he had been ended, and this is nothing more than him studying UFOs in his free time, blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like a high school uh, popular kids fight. You kind of see this going back and forth. And I see this coming through in Green Street's reporting, and although he's a little more critical because he's looking at the money aspect of it. To me, what I see is two groups of people, maybe three, in our government that have an acute interest in UFOs and the paranormal. You have those guys that are just long-term employees that have been there for 35, 40 years, and they're territorial. They don't want to give up uh, any of their power, any of their territory. And you probably have some that are, really are what you would think of as deep state actors. Uh, Taylor even acknowledges this when he talks about uh, we're not going to let the men in black interfere with our operation because that's illegal. He's in a he's in a uh, interview saying that on camera. So you see this these entrenched employees, whether they're just long term employees or deep staters, and it's almost like they're competing with this newer bunch of flashy characters like. Elizondo, or maybe that Melon, or or Travis, or whoever. You just just pick your poison. All these guys that you see at these UFO conferences, and these newer bunch of guys are seen as kind of uh, outsiders, maybe intruders. And you 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 can constantly pick up on this belittling coming from the establishment of these guys. And part of it uh, is maybe just jealousy. And part of it might actually be uh, some deserved criticism just because of uh, the, the money involved, where the money's coming from, uh, how it's been budgeted, you know, the whole situation with uh, Harry Reid, how he appropriated, uh, what was it, $22 million to study Skinwalker Ranch, how they kind of couched that paranormal study in terms of a Defense Department budget, that sort of thing. Sort of this shady stuff. And then on top of that, you have some other weird things happening uh, as far as the overlap between uh, the monetization of all this UFO stuff and these very guys that have come out of the DOD or wherever uh, and these programs where they've been studying Skinwalker Ranch or UFOs or whatnot. Guys like Elizondo and Travis Taylor and the rest of them. It's, it's the money thing. Like... It's on this video here, once again, this New York Post video by Steve Greenstreet. And he has a screenshot where it shows this one uh, one of these UFO conventions. And if you want to go there to the, to the convention, here's your deal. For uh, a weekend pass, $120. Uh, you've got a, a, a cosmic pass. That's where you get some autographs and stuff. $349. you got the galactic pass. Boy, yeah, there you go. More autographs and pictures. Fourteen ninety nine. That's fifty fifteen hundred bucks. And if you want the big infinity pass, two thousand dollars. Now think about it. These conferences are ten, are attended by hundreds and hundreds of people, so they are generating an awful lot of money. And anytime you get this kind of money generated, you're going to start to raise some questions. And if there's not transparency and there's not accountability, people are going to immediately think, well, this guy's just in it for the money. I mean, even the state or the county of Utah is getting in on this. I mean, 
he had the, the video shows uh, a clip there with the AG of Utah sitting down with Fugel talking about this. Uh, we have he has a screenshot here from it says Utah County paid tens of thousands to PhenomCon speakers. This is where they had this big you know this big roundup where the stars of the show came in and and did a personal appearances and were paid. It says financial records obtained for Utah County indicate it spent over a hundred and thirty three thousand dollars on the 2022 Phenomicon, which with while raising about 124,000 in revenue. So it's like a net loss of about 9,000, compiling a record compiling a reported debt of some $9,000 for sponsoring the paranormal theme con- conference. The inaugural 2021 Phenomicon likewise tallied over 74,000 in payouts while collecting about 59,000 in revenue, finishing some 15,000 in the hole. Expenses for the two conferences confirmed to be sponsored by Unita County included tens of thousands of dollars in payments to dubious speakers and catered VIP meals in which unsupported rumors were spread of dangerous paranormal phenomena. Payouts also include workshops promoting such topics as remote viewing and payments for rental car, rental car reimbursements. Then it goes on from there. So you see, this is a money thing. So people that tell you that these guys, these, these UFO experts, are working for free, uh, show me the receipts. Because the receipts that I am seeing is showing that places like Skinwalker Ranch are making bank even when the state or the county is losing money. Now let's take a look at a couple other ones here. Now I'm going to post some of these screenshots on the Buy Me a Coffee website, or you can just watch the video yourself and just and just hit pause. But I, I noticed a couple things here. They were going through the list of uh, expenses for this phenomenon or whatever. I guess to this to the county because this is public information. It has speaker costs listed as thirty three thousand five hundred and sixty four dollars and sixteen cents. So $33,564 paid to the guys that came there and talked. And then it has it has Travis Taylor listed as special speaker as $3,900. So he got paid just about four grand at least. Then it goes on here. It has some other ones that that are listed. The money involved is just what really just boggles my mind. Here we go. It says Swain Brothers, $542. Uh, Antica Form 600. Swain Brothers, 274 Caleb Bench, 976 Dragon Security. Now, I'm wondering if they're talking about Dragon, the guy that uh, gets so much uh, grief on the show carrying the shotgun around. Dragon Security, $3,389.82. And then it says, Behind the Scenes Dinner with Skinwalker Ranch. And then it has, uh, looks like Travis is listed again for... Uh, let's see here. Was it fifteen grand? It's got a Thorin Winterton for thirty-four hundred dollars. So you can see what's happening here is these uh, celebrities are are just are just piling up. Yeah, Travis Taylor fifteen hundred and thirty-nine dollars behind the dinner with Skinwalker Ranch. So you can go. On, if you, if you go on online or you watch the video, you can see these guys are getting their pictures taken. Here it says Travis Taylor, Shane, $3,800 plus $1,365. And then another bill for $3,900. And then another one for $1,500. So it looks like Travis's take on this phenomenon was around ten grand, if I'm reading that correctly. ten grand. So this is kind of what's going on. And this is uh, the sort of thing that... Um, that the, the Green State's really complaining about here. He's showing Utah County Fund general de, 
detailed revenue report, and then it's showing it looks like expenses of sixteen thousand, ten thousand, two thousand, six thousand. My gosh! So you, it becomes a problem when you start mixing um, this stuff with um, government, whether it's the DoD budget, whether it's the state of Utah tourism budget. Or whether it's just a county budget, when you have the county kicking in ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, whatever it is, and at this, and they're losing money on that endeavor, by the way, while you're paying the star of the show ten thousand dollars, while you're paying Dragon Security almost four thousand, then people on the outside, people that aren't true believers of the UFO phenomena, people who've never had an experience with the UFO or seen one, they look at that and they say, "Man, this is an abuse of taxpayer funds," and they start to just pick apart these guys' testimony, and they start to notice the little things, and then all of a sudden, everything they disagree with becomes related to the financial aspect of it, because I, it's like I always say, follow the money, and when you're following the money, and the money's all going into a few hands, then you have to start saying, well, not saying they're a bad person, but we have to start saying, this person is making bank, and from what I can see, Skinwalker Ranch is making bank. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.